Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Welcome in, Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. How are you? Doing good. I understand you guys are like closed down for the day up in the Pacific Northwest with with some snow. In not April. everywhere. Not everywhere in Pacific in the Pacific Northwest. It's mostly just the Portland area. I live in Vancouver, and we got about four inches of snow um, last night and this morning, and so everything shut down. But it's all going to melt, and it's all going to be gone by tomorrow. We'll be back. Uh, to normal it's just a weird freak storm that yeah. came in Who i heard knows? it was like 76 degrees last week it was it and hit just under 80 and then this week it's snowing <laughs> i got some uh, pictures from some neighbors uh of my old house in westland uh up on the hill there and just outside of portland um and they had like seven inches of snow and it just looked like a winter wonderland i mean it was just crazy oh yeah yeah, it was nuts. And then down below, uh, where like 205 runs through Westland, that area didn't get any snow. So literally a 700-foot elevation mm-hmm. increase was everything it took to get to that point where stuff was going to stick around. So Yeah, and I understand that from uh, some people that I was, was texting up closer to the Seattle area that for them it's it's cold. It's like 45 degrees, but it's sunny and yeah. uh, nothing. So yeah, you sent me a text picture this morning of your of your deck, and it's gorgeous. I mean, I just have to say that it's it's always beautiful when it snows in the Pacific yeah. Northwest with all the fir trees, and the, it's just crazy. All right, so we're going to get into the show today. We're going to do um, last week we we built on a, an idea that we were going to take a look at sea hockey players at each draft spot in the draft. So we made it player, through two. Through two rounds yeah players that were going to be around pick nine players that were going to be around pick 40 and 41 and then we just kind of maybe touched a little bit of on a couple of later things but we thought today's show we'd kind of focus on the mid-round to late round prospects that will be on seattle's radar and uh, just kind of go through some of those players and then um keith wanted to to battle me a little bit to, to fight just a good old brawl word brawl uh, uh, about the Seahawks roster today, so we'll probably bring in a little bit of that too. I don't even have any idea what your intention is, but I'm for no, it. I'm here for um, it. Man. No, it's, there's no intention. It's just uh, I I think much less of Seattle's roster as it's currently constructed than you do. I think this I think is that's cur- true. I think this is a three win team, um, and so when we're looking at, at players, like I don't care in this draft. I don't care about win now players because this team's not winning now, no matter what they do. Um, any if it's a project, if it's a higher ceiling guy that that, but it's more of a project, I'm okay with that. Um, and I think I think that's going to be one of those things that I think is going to separate who you and I are targeting as we get into these middle rounds. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a legitimate proposal of of strategy and and, and an argument there. Um, I'm still trying to reconcile my brain around the idea that I know that Pete Carroll is not a lay down 
type guy, type coach, person. So there's going to be no trying to lose games or anything like that at all. He's definitely, they're going to try to build a roster that is more than a three-win roster. And so that's why I do believe because of those efforts and just the will of, of the coach pulling them along and some of the players we still have, like Quandre Diggs and some other guys, that just won't allow that team to, I think, just win three games. I think they'll be, I think they're going to be close to where they were last year, to be completely honest. Like that, that doomsday six to eight wins where they're just in the middle. It's not going to give them the greatest draft pick in the world, but it is what it is. I just think it's going to be more like that. I just don't see this, this team scoring enough points to matter. Well, uh, we I, still I have to Bob, go through the draft process and we still have to go through the remainder of camp and so forth where they could maybe add a player or whatever. But unless they add unless they had a legit quarterback, it does not matter. It doesn't, you know. It really does not matter. I don't I I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, what happens to Baker Mayfield? Could Baker Mayfield get you to nine wins with this roster? Not today's roster, but maybe after the draft roster plus one or two. I mean, if they get Baker Mayfield, maybe they'd try. A little bit more maybe they bring in a cornerback you know richard sherman's still sitting out there i know that he probably doesn't have too much left in the no, tank to offer he, but you look at what happened last year i don't think he has anything left in the tank i think he's pretty much done so that's but you know what with, i mean with, they could with, add a couple of russ, pieces with russ gone the idea that richard sherman could come back is um much stronger like it's it's much more likely i think it would be a good ad just for a guy you know, to come in, mentor, um, be a presence. Uh, I think that would signal an idea that maybe uh team is uh, trying to win even more. And I don't know. I'm not worried too much about record this year. Um, I agree. Three wins is entirely possible. Keith, I'll hand you that. I also think seven or eight wins is entirely possible too, depending on the draft, depending on a couple other little moves they might make okay i don't know I, i'm okay so i i get that but part of it is that <clears throat> you're like okay the draft's gonna make this roster better but isn't the draft yeah. gonna make every roster better yeah but we've got four picks in the top you know 75 and i think that that gives the team an opportunity to have three impact players maybe four out of this draft that could come in and have some a, a nice steady role by mid-season and and on maybe not right away maybe maybe there is a player that comes in right away maybe it's a guy like trevor penning that comes in immediately starts and he's you know has has a good impact but more likely than not he's going to struggle as well straight out of the gate for for at least half a season so mm -hmm. i you know i'm not counting on the draft to make the roster i'm just saying it will um, all right, so let's. So last week, uh, just a reminder, we talked about uh, the the one nine pick overall and the the second round number forty number forty one. So let's pick it up in the third round, Keith. We've got pick number um, three seventy two overall. Uh, why don't you give me a couple of players to start the conversation? Just on. for people who are listening, three seventy two means round three, pick seventy two overall, not pick 372 that's there you go maybe something that's maybe something that you'd, right. you'd worry about in baseball but not in the nfl we're, <laughs> we're talking about pick 72 happens to be in the third round um so a guy that i was have been looking at in this spot that i kind of like is chad muma the linebacker out of wyoming mm -hmm. um 
as a guy that can come in and and provide some thump in the middle of this uh, new three four defense. Um, give them a guy that can run downhill and make tackles. Um, and I mean, he's six two or um, two um, two forty one. He's got you know a reasonably long um, wingspan uh, and just a guy that just goes through and has good straight line speed, gets downhill, makes tackles near the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and he just diagnoses running plays really well. I think he's going to be a good inside linebacker. Yeah, I you know there's a lot of value in this draft. I'll start with that. Between you know, say the the third round, we've got a pick at, at 72 there, and uh, our next pick at uh, in the fourth round, pick 109. Between there, there's a lot of value there. I have you know probably 25 players that I think would be on the Seahawks radar at various position groups in that range. So I could see them. One of the strategies is maybe we make the picks at uh, in the first round there at nine, stick at nine, stick at 40, stick at 41. You could theoretically drop back into the 80s um, with this third round pick and pick up maybe an additional couple of fifth round picks that would provide you with some value as well. So uh, because there's so many players there, I think, that would be available that that their big board may dictate that they could drop back quite a bit there and and pick up something. Yeah. Um, You know, in that spot, you could look for players like Isaiah Spiller that, that maybe drops um, because of his 40 speed um, being close to four, six, as opposed to four, five. And that might scare off a, a few teams, but he's just got that athletic upside that the Seahawks like as far as the physicality, um, well, and, and um Carson was never a breakaway guy. He was a guy that ran well between the tackles, ran hard, ran over people, but didn't have any kind of breakaway speed whatsoever. So I don't think um that will scare off uh Seattle a guy like Isaiah Spiller. One player that we've never ever talked about. Just don't even think that his name has come up, Keith, at all in like three months is Carson Strong, the quarterback out of Nevada. Who may well, be reason in, why that's guy's well? <laughs> the reason I bring it up is this is a guy. This is kind of the area of the draft where he would get some consideration, and I'm just wondering if it would be a consideration for the Seahawks. I don't see why. Um, like what? Yeah, he is the. Uh, quarterback that fits in that range because that's about his talent level but what makes you think that he's a guy that can lead you to a Super Bowl yeah I don't I don't think that he's that guy today um could he be I mean he does have a strong arm he does have um some intangibles that are intriguing to me I'm not saying he's he's the best quarterback but he is kind of a third round kind of guy um and so better than most probably the fourth or fifth ranked depending on what list you look at in this draft and i'm just curious as to if the seahawks see anything there or would see anything there that would be attractive to pete carroll to run the shane waldron offense yeah i mean you're looking at a basically you're looking at um kirk cousins when he came out of uh, michigan state and a guy with 
good, you know, reasonably decent tape, um, but a lot of question marks in terms of, you know, arm decision making, decision making, right? And right, just recognizing right. that he's a guy that um, can develop into a good player, but he's not a good player. And I don't know. I if I'm taking a quarterback in a situation where I need a quarterback, which Seattle does, I want to take a guy that has the potential to become uh, a franchise quarterback. I don't see that. I think that's a safe, uh, he's a safe quarterback, low, um, low ceiling, but high floor. And so therefore he's going to most likely slide into being a long-term backup backup in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. And I just, that's not what Seattle needs. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, and if they, if they they've go never really a, had a they've never really developed a solid backup quarterback option that's young and under under contract for you know yeah, vir- but if they're virtually going to, nothing. If they're going to um if they're gonna wait and then have to quarterback a year from now when the when it's a good quarterback class, do you want your your um starter and your backup to be in their first and second year together? That's it's unlikely. Really, that is a really um tenuous like position to be in in terms of your quarterback room and uh, a lot of times you want that veteran uh long-term backup there to just help teach the youngster you know what they're looking at on film and what they're seeing and all those kind of things you want your quarterback room to have that veteran presence i don't want a first year and a second year guy in there at the same time so at 372 this is kind of an important pick this is an important area of the draft where I think you could still get a, a quality guy. Now, based on the strategy that we saw in our last show together at nine, or you know, if we drop back a little bit, and then at 40-41, say uh, in those first three picks, we're picking a tackle, we're picking one of those premier linebacker guys or an edge guy, where do you think the Seahawks likely go at, at this range of the draft based on who's available? Well... If they if they've gone offensive tackle and then they turned around and went um, edge rusher, at this point I'm looking cornerback as as the biggest need, and that makes this pick a little harder because mm-hmm. there's that's not a great range mm-hmm. to be picking cornerback. Now you you could luck out and maybe have Tariq Woolen fall. Now see, that would have been easier. He, that would have been easier said than done. I think a month or two ago before the combine and now after I'm just not so sure he's on the board here, but man, that would be a guy I would just fall in love with. 
Yeah, but I'm like, who else? Who else is available in this range that you'd be happy with? Um, Martin honestly... Emerson, actually, I think is underrated. Um, the guy out of Mississippi State. Um, I would maybe take a look at that. And I'm not exactly sure how he fits into the Seahawks scheme, but he's really the guy. Um, and then you're really kind of reaching after that for a guy like Marcus mm -hmm. Jones, or maybe you're going to take a safety like Brian Cook or Colby Bryant out of Cincinnati. Both those guys are interesting uh, with a lot of athletic upside. Zion McCollum's a guy, but I think at 72, you would reach, you know, for a guy like that, you would hope that he might be there with your, with your first round pick. So I, you know, I, I hear the cornerback thing and maybe that's why they, they would drop back. And um, they go with like a Josh Joby out of Alabama. I know Carl Scott is very familiar with him and maybe he would feel comfortable with him in the, in the, Defensive back for Seattle. I would and maybe go this there. is why the Seattle is looking at cornerbacks that are going to go in round one. I mean, they're they're the ones that the, the team's talking to that they're bringing in for workouts. Yeah, guys like Ahmed Garner. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, because there's certain there's certain levels in the draft, and corner is yeah. not at this level, right? Yeah. So there's um, there's often in you know in each there's like a shelf, right? Or a cliff where you, there's a whole bunch in a certain range. And then there's a big gap before the next group comes in. Well, this is kind of the area where I think Seattle would like to pick a corner because I mean, this is the, um, Shaq Griffin, you know, window, but this year's graph or draft doesn't seem to have now Tony Pauline thinks that Kyler Gordon out of Washington will go in this range. I think that, he'll go earlier but um if he's there that's a, that would be a good pick i i just think he's going to go you know significantly earlier than you know the late yeah. 70s so yeah i think out of all the guys that we've talked about in the last three months or so there's about you know two or three that are on my radar in this range troy anderson Tucker. Uh, out of Montana State, um, they may go up and try to do the, the the running back, solve the running back thing. If it's not Spiller, I think that they could be looking at a guy like Damian Pierce. Um, you know, a lot of the mocks have Damian Pierce going uh, towards the back um, or or early fourth. And I think with his skill set, he'll be somewhat coveted. I think he comes off the board a little sooner, so maybe Seattle drops back from 72 to 82 or something like that. And then that uh, Damian Pierce kind of pick, I think, which would be a perfect kind of running back specimen for the Seahawks to have in their running back room. Maybe a guy like that becomes viable. And then mm -hmm. a guy, Channing Tindall, uh, the linebacker out of Georgia, with all that speed and um, scheme diversity that he would bring, that that would be a great value in that spot too. And then there's the other, other guy, a whole bunch of other guys. I mean, you go tight end, you can go wide receiver safety uh there's still some edge rusher a guy like sam williams uh the interior offensive lineman cole strange who looks like a great center prospect could be available in that range um i think it's an interesting draft for the seahawks because it really sets up well it's thing because um last key thing we've gone into the draft needing two players and then everyone else is kind of best available and we've had those conversations where it's just kind of kind of boring there's not a lot to talk about in this draft it seems like everything and the strategy is difficult to predict because john schneider kind of rolls it out with action you know is he going to stay at night going to be an interior d yeah, cornerback is it going to be trevor penning 
tackle. And that kind of dictates the rest of the draft, what they're looking for in which areas. And I just think it's fascinating because so many position groups the Seahawks need that they could just go in a number of different directions, which actually gives them pretty decent flexibility. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that they, they could go any direction, but it's also not good that they could go any direction because that means the roster is one big hole. Oh, um, talk about the roster again. Yes. Well, this is the okay. fight. This Is this the fight? No, yeah. it's we've already oh. had it. But I'm just going to oh, okay. say that not we were we talked about quarterback and and how it kind of just makes the rest of this not be as meaningful because they don't have one. Um, but then you bring up left tackle, like or for that matter, right tackle. Um, you know, the interior of their line is is set for the most part, but they're they're both their offensive tackle positions. You oh, know, I are, know it's bare. It's bare. It's there's nothing. I mean, you're you're talking about um stone forsyth on the left and and jake yeah, Curran on essentially the right. essentially two rookies who are completely unproven yeah and that yeah. that's who they've got they've got to get <laughs> um a top end tackle in this draft um and that's why I'll, you and i keep talking about guys like trevor penning uh you know with an yes. opportunity to go and you know become a left tackle of the future but the seahawks are have been looking at really hard at, at cornerback um in that range so maybe that's the direction they plan on going and they're trying to address the the tackle position later okay so if they address the tackle position later they've got picks 40 41 and 72 109 possibly but it gets kind of bleak after after that um abraham lucas and rasheed walker are kind of the two tackles in this area of the draft that seem to be on everybody's draft boards and quite frequently people are mocking abraham lucas to the seahawks to either be the right tackle or left tackle, depending on how they view him. Um, is this a good area where they'd be looking? Yeah, to, uh, and another guy would be Darian Kennard, the offensive tackle out of Kentucky, um, is another guy. That I, keep, when he was, I keep forgetting about him. People At one point, people were talking about him being in the late 20s, you know, the, the back end of the first round, and I was like, no, don't do it. Um, he's He doesn't belong in there. And we've seen him, you know, on big boards just, drop and drop and drop and now he's being listed in the 70s and i think this is the range where he belongs he's a guy with um you know doesn't have the highest ceiling but has a pretty high floor um can come in and you're just not investing as much into him but he still has the potential to play and be good not great but good um and so i think this is that's a good range for um for canard yeah you know, what's interesting, and I just thought about this too, you know, if if uh, John decides to drop back at, at nine to say go to 14, 15, 16, this is the area of the draft at pick 72, where if he picks up an additional pick, this is kind of the range where that additional pick would be sitting too. So we could end up yeah. with 372 and maybe an additional 376 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might get two players in this range uh, maybe a Damian Pierce, you, you get up a, a one luxury pick, or maybe it's a wide receiver that they really like that's kind of scheme diverse. Um, so you get a playmaker in this area, which is kind of the range that you kind of look for those kind of guys. And then maybe it's, uh, you know, a linebacker or a edge or a corner, or somebody that they can develop a little bit. So let's go on to the the fourth round at pick 109. What do you What do you think about that? So at pick 109, um, you know, generally when you get down here in the fourth round, you're looking for, you're not necessarily looking for day one starters, but you are looking for someone you believe can turn into a starter eventually. Um, 
so I was looking, you know, going down here and I was thinking, well, if you're going to draft a running back in this draft, Tyler um, Algier out of BYU mm-hmm. kind of makes, makes sense in this range. And it's also, you know, it's late enough to, where you're drafting a running back where I don't, I think that although the people who are still angry about the Rashad Penny pick um, will be like, yeah, this is late enough and or, you yeah. know, early enough that, that it, it's okay. Um and I think that overall, I mean, he's a, just a guy that can come in and, and be that um, first and second down running back for you. I agree. I think that, yeah, he, he often gets overlooked. I think a skill set that I think the Seahawks would like. He kind of runs over you. He doesn't avoid contact. He's a he's a breaking tackle kind of a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of fits Pete Carroll's mold. Another guy like that would be uh, Zamir White the running back out of Georgia who kind of fits that same mold. I, you know, I understand that he's kind of racing up boards uh, just because of the way that he tested and the fact that he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body. Rashad white out of Arizona state is an, is another running back that has pretty decent measurables and great speed out of the backfield. He's more of a patch pass catching kind of a running back initially, but I think that he's got a little bit more to offer maybe in the DJ Dallas mold where he could come in and pinch and give you in between the tackle type stuff. Um, what else, Keith? I think this this might be an area where they do address. Um, nah, maybe that's a little early. I was going to say quarterback, the guy, the the kid from um, I can't remember where he's from, but Caleb Ellaby, the the quarterback, um, would be a consideration as a developmental kind of guy um, if you wanted to have something like that going. Um, Cam Taylor Britt, the corner, I think might be on their radar just because of his scheme diversity as far as being able to play in the slot and could be your, uh, your second, uh, too high safety, your second free on the roster as well. A guy very similar to, um, the guy that we currently have on the roster, um, Ugo Amadi. Yeah, so um, kind of in that in that same idea, but he's more of a cornerback than a than a safety, um, but can kind of do both. Um, Alante Taylor, a cornerback out of Tennessee, six foot, uh, one ninety nine, ran a four three six um, on the forty. So he's got some got some wheels, good vert, um, and you know not known as a sticky corner, but has got that speed and a little bit of um, you know. A little bit of ability to you know go get the ball um when he's in position it's just a matter of he's not the stickiest corner in terms of like uh man-on-man coverage so it kind of depends on what the, the team is looking at doing you know in terms of their coverage scheme and that kind of stuff you seem to want them to do a lot of press man uh pete carroll's a zone guy and so i i'm not sure if that's gonna if, if they're gonna go that route Maybe they are because the, the new um, defensive brain trust that they brought in this year kind of fits that. But um, if they go more of a zone route, especially if they want to, you know, run like cover three, kind of like they used to, Alante Taylor would be a perfect outside corner for that. Interesting. All right. Let's go to the fifth round, Keith. Uh, we've got a couple picks sitting there at 153, 154, I believe. Although the big board that I'm looking at, shows the Seahawks at one or the Seahawks.com site shows Seattle at pick 145. I, I'll have to score that up, but we're in that range. We've got a couple picks. Yeah. So there's a, there's, um, there's a lot of players in this range that I think that, 
we would like um, there are guys that I think we can that would come in and, and help the the Seahawks and and be good um, additions, but they don't have um, they don't tend to have name recognition. Um, a guy that you and I have have mocked to Seattle, um, Valus Jones Jr. at a wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, it falls in this range according to some big boards. Other big boards have him in the 80s. Um, well, to give you an idea of how um, polarizing, I guess, for no other reason, this guy is. And I think he's, he's more available, he's he's more athletic traits than he is route runner right now. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing with him, and he's kind of a kick returner kind of guy. He's a kick returner. Um, he's a he's an athletic trait guy who needs to work on on you know adding to his route tree. But he is a guy that could be a weapon. You know, um, get the ball on on you know like wide receiver screens and do something with it. A yeah, lot of, the four three six speed. Yeah, a lot of um, yards after the catch ability, and I think that it's a type of uh, of thing that the, this team would look at and be like, yeah, that's something that we could use. I agree. Um, a couple other players that I was thinking about would be Amara Barno. I think that he's going to go a little early, but he really showed up at the senior bowl as far as being a guy on the edge that was kind of giving offensive tackles and on stunts guards at the senior bowl, some, some trouble um, just from his, his initial quickness and twitch. Um, what else did I write down? I wrote down Braxton Jones the uh, I think it's Southern Utah offensive tackle that seems to have the athletic fit in a zone scheme um, and would be kind of a different offensive tackle or care we about it bringing in a guy that's uh, that can be your eventual swing type tackle on the offense um, would be an interesting pick in this range Um what else, Keith? Alec Lindstrom, the interior offensive lineman, D'Angelo Malone. We've talked about it. Edge or yep. Alec from UAB. Um, and a what couple about, of um, running backs and so forth. If you're if the team still needs a cornerback, um, Tariq Castro Fields, uh, cornerback out of Penn too. State. Yeah. Um, 6'1", 197 with a 4'3840. Yeah. Um, I just think that so. that's awesome. I, Here's the deal with, you know, in general, is that I think the team's looking for playmakers and guys that can break on the ball. And and also the team speed on defense has been lacking. We've talked about that for like two years now, that we need to have more team speed. And they've done it in little little bits and pieces, but this is the year. There's just a ton of speed in this draft. And mm-hmm. I think that the Seahawks can get... Uh, pretty decent return on guys that can come in and, and be at least special teams guys that have a lot of speed um, initially and then work into the into the rotation. Um, okay, so there's a couple picks there. Um, and, and Seattle may use one of those picks actually to drop back a little bit um, so they can be at a, a different level in the draft because we don't have a sixth round pick at all. So we don't yeah. pick after 153 until the seventh round pick 229. So if they want to get into that 180 to 200 range, they're going to need to maybe drop back with one of those picks. And there's some interesting players in that range. Uh, Chris Paul. No, not that Chris Paul. Tom, um, who's Chris in, Paul, yeah. 
or yeah, Tom not, not, Paul? Not, not the basketball player, um, okay. but Chris Paul, the interior offensive lineman out of Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then also Isaiah Thomas, but no, not that Isaiah Thomas, um, the uh, edge player out of Oklahoma. Um, both a couple of guys that I think will be, be in that range that are very interesting and kind of fit what Seattle wants to do. I think there's two players that I'm looking at in that range in Andrew Stuber. Uh, he's listed as an offensive tackle out of Michigan. I see him as moving inside to offensive guard in the NFL, mm -hmm. and that would be a good spot for him. He was abusive at the senior bowl. Um, he was one of those players next to Trevor Penning who were trying to knock guys on the ground, and I kind of dug that from him. And then the other guy I was looking at is Jalen Watson, uh, the cornerback out of Washington State. Washington State, State yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, and when you're doing Seahawks draft mocks, it's always popular to pick a guy that's that's from the Northwest. So he's he's common on my drafts. Abram <laughs> Abram Smith, the running back out of Baylor, is a late round option here. That's kind mm -hmm. of a bowling ball kind of a running back where he's you know short, stocky, um, has heavy legs, and can just kind of truck you in short yarded situations. Um, what else, Keith? What else is in this range? that's interesting to you guys that are interesting um and there's lots of players but i like um, mike rose the linebacker out of iowa state he's an interesting prospect we haven't talked too much about him no we haven't talked about him at all um uh you're looking at running backs um what about devonta price uh the running back out of florida international he's a yeah we haven't talked too much about him at all he's a catch the ball out of the backfield um make people miss uh, type of running back, not a traditional Pete Carroll running back, but uh, more of a weapon, more of someone you can line up anywhere and um, do lots of different things with. I think players like that are always fun to have around and uh, someone I'd look at. Um, what do you think of Alec Lindstrom, like an interior guy, maybe a guy that could play center for you? Yeah, actually, that's you know I said mentioned Chris Paul, but I didn't and I didn't want to like list. Hey, here's a whole bunch of offensive linemen because that's what I like to watch. Um, but Alec Lindstrom's a guy that I like as a center. Uh, I think that he can come in play that role. He was a guard um, at Boston College, but I I think moving inside to center um, fits him. It fits his game. It fits you know his um, just kind of what it, what he does. He can pull for you if you need him to. Um, and I, I just think that would be a good pick and you can get him in this range. Um, yeah. that would be great. But, uh, remember we're talking about players that the Seahawks will want to trade into this range for like but, as part of a, a, part of a pick from in another trade because they currently don't have one in this range. Right. And so, and, and you may reach a little bit if you're not careful, or you could take that seventh round pick and package it with a, the future or something to, to kind of move back up a little bit. The, these picks in the 180 to 220 range are not very expensive. You could, you can almost literally buy one, mm -hmm. but how about the, how about later on in the mid seventh round uh, range at pick 229? It's, there's not a lot there. So you're just looking for upside. Yeah, at this point you are. You're looking for upside. You're looking for a special teams guy with a lot of athleticism that can maybe develop into a guy who can um, step in and 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 earn a spot, you know, down the road. Um, a guy maybe like Quentin Lake, the safety out of UCLA, um, mm -hmm. would fit in that range. Although he's a guy that I I think you might be able to get um, as an undrafted free agent. 
Um, he's kind of in that that priority undrafted free agent range. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Derek Deese Jr., a tight end at San Jose State, would fit in there. Um, but I don't know if the Seahawks are really looking for a tight end anymore, given what's on their roster. Um, so we're we're going through running backs at every every level here because it's mm-hmm. a need. Um, Zaquandre uh, White, the running back out of South Carolina, would be. Um, kind of this the the fit in this area if you're looking for a guy that's gonna gonna come in and, and pick up that spot. Um I've got two more know, for you. Go for it. That you've mentioned before too. Um CJ Verdell out of Oregon mm-hmm. would be a yep. guy. Uh, I don't know how much he fits in Seattle's situation, but and then Max Borgie, the running back from Washington State, is another one of those local guys that everyone kind of likes, but he actually does kind of fit what the Seahawks would want to have on their roster, maybe a, you know, priority free agent or, or uh, an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy that we just, we've never talked about cause we just don't talk about special teams on this show very often. And we certainly haven't addressed it in the draft at all, but um, their, their kicker kind of struggled last year. And if a guy like Cade York is sitting there at 229. Do they throw a pick out at a kicker to get the best one in the draft to come into their camp and compete for this for the spot and save about four million dollars on their cap? You know, um, that's not a bad that's not a bad play, especially in a year when you are, um, you know, you're not expecting to to do a lot. So if you if you have some a player that misses a, a clutch kick or something because he's a rookie, um, who cares, right? Um, but it really is hard to it's hard to think of Pete Carroll moving away from he fought with trying to find a kicker after the move when they got rid of um, Steven Hauschka and it hurt this team and it just bit him in the butt like multiple yes. years in a row the the you know Blair and then Janikowski and um, finally they went and they paid to bring in um, uh, a kicker. And people, yeah, he struggled. Did he look? Look at his stats. There's, there's this kind of. Um, he just belief. fell off from the year before. Is all well, I'm saying. Yeah, but there's this belief that he's like, and you, you listen to Seahawks Twitter, and according to them, he's always been bad. No. Um, well, I mean, he had thirty some odd field goals in a in a row prior. Thirty six in a row. Yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, and so it it gets down to uh, that range. He for some reason ha- it's a weird where he misses extra points more than I'd like, but he's good um, on field goals, especially field goals at range. So I think that he's probably safe. But yeah, four million against the cap if you can use a seventh round draft pick on on someone to come in and compete with them and and take that spot over. Uh, it's hard to say no to, and that, that four million a cap can be valuable down the road. I would say that there's two Notre Dame players I'm looking at in this range. You can probably guess one of them, but the other one we've never really talked about before. And if CX don't look at quarterback all the entire draft, this is a spot where they may take a look at this one player and think that maybe he's got a little something that they could develop, and that would be Jack Cohen, the quarterback. Um, I watched him at the combine, um, and all he did at the combine was look to be like one of the top three or four guys throwing the ball there. Um, he was just making all the throws. He made, he made the wide receivers not have to work at catching the ball there. Um, so I just thought it was an interesting 
observation for me that he just looked like one of the smoothest um sure sure throwers there at the combine and so it just kind of made me stop and take notice but he's always been projected into this range yeah uh, um i honestly if i'm taking a quarterback in this range i'd, I'd look at bailey zap first out of western Kentucky. i just think he's he's a higher ceiling pro um like player yeah yeah, I mean, if he's there, absolutely. The other guy I was talking about was um, Kevin Austin Jr., the the wide receiver. I've mocked him a few different times, but here's a guy with just a bunch of speed who's 6'2", 198 pounds, and just has some upside, um, and, and at the very least could give you some kick return ability, special teams kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, there's a number of guys that you could go. Reggie Robertson, the wide receiver out of SMU, um Jeremy Moon, you mentioned before, an edge guy out of Florida. Um, Monteric Brown, the cornerback, uh, Denario Drummond, the wide receiver. I thought he had a good combine. And that's it. Yeah. That's all um, I, got. I would say you're I I like in these in like the seventh round and that kind of stuff to go find um Positions that are not usually high on on a priority list, um, but have special teams like um, ability. And so, a guy like uh, uh, JoJo Doman out of Nebraska, or um, David Annally out of Houston, um, both guys with some speed at linebacker um, that look like special teams players like guys that can come in and be uh, you know your gunner on special teams and you know do that job so those are the types of players i'm usually looking at in this round just because it's a seventh round yeah yeah, there's tons of wide receivers safeties corners and um just leftover interior offensive linemen that nobody's really taken at this point um that are kind of project guys guys this is really kind of your um shadow roster and priority guys that that are on your practice squad um mm-hmm. is kind of where, what you're looking for here all right anything else keith no i think we've been through a lot of names and um if you're still listening to us i'm sure you're on name overload but um go ahead and and um look some of these guys up there you'll you'll uh, have some fun with it and um, get a chance to look at some good players, um, some highlight film. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. So yeah, we're literally uh, about just about two weeks away from the draft, we are. and we are. so we've got yeah we've got another few shows. Keith's gonna be here uh, in person uh, with me during the draft, and uh, we'll put together a couple of shows while you're here um, during the draft. Um, but before you get here, we'll I'm sure we'll have our final mock draft um to kind of yeah. nail this thing in we'll see, see how many picks we can nail you know or at least what you know the reality is we'll probably won't nail more than one for either one of us but we're we're getting honed in on the type of player that the mm-hmm. cx are really interested in now there's so many different variables that come into the exact pick at the exact time and so forth but i think position group wise and the players in those position groups i think we have a pretty decent idea so um i think that's it for now let's wrap this thing up you can find keith on twitter at myers nfl i'm at nwc hawk you can find the show at hawks playbook 
uh, on Twitter, and you can find us on your favorite podcast platform, literally anything, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. And then YouTube. You can find us on our YouTube channel and subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.